All right, Manitoba, welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day, as always. Real fast, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show. I really do appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at MBFreeThinker. Facebook, YouTube is Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. MBFreeThinker at gmail.com if you want to send me an email, or you can go to my web page at MBFreeThinker.com. Dot wordpress.com just give me one second all right oh and you could also go to my website and be free thinker oh i said that already my bad manitoba hypocrisy two-faced one million percent biased this is honestly the theme of today's show our mainstream media is so blatantly biased on how they report the news um it's it's unreal like i hope more manitobans are waking up let me know in the comments below if you guys agree with pierre polyview um the guy running to be the leader of the pc party um if he wins to become the PC party, he will be running to become our next prime minister. And if he does that, he claims that he is going to defund the CBC, meaning federal tax dollars, our hard-earned federal tax dollars, won't be going to CBC in the tune of like hundreds of millions of dollars. So, I mean, if you guys think that we need like public funded media, then maybe today's show will help you change your mind. If our media was unbiased and they were actually honest, then maybe public funded media would make sense. Um, but in Canada, our media is just, it's very clear. It's just Trudeau's talking head. They are the government's parrot. Like they, they just parrot the line. But either way, uh, and not only that, Manitoba, uh, if you go against our political establishment, they will weaponize uh, the media against you. Like, we've all seen that uh, happen, especially with Tamara Lynch uh, in recent times. So, uh, but either way, Manitoba, let me know in the comments below if you guys think that we should um, stop giving CBC uh, tax dollars and actually defund them and see, see if they could actually fend for themselves. All right. Uh, just gonna go into uh honestly manitoba like i was uh reading the news cycle this over the past few days and i was just shaking my head it's so clear that they're just trying to sp spin a narrative um it's not that obvious if you just take like a cursory look at, at our at our media and at our news and you just read the headlines but if you pay attention week in week out it becomes very clear that they are trying to spin a narrative. And not only it, um, not only the issue is what they cover and how they try and spin their tail, it's what they don't cover. And they what they literally don't even mention. Thus, like, basically keeping Manitobans uninformed. So, I mean, why are we sending them our tax dollars? But, uh... Like, 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 look at the first article in case you guys are un, unaware. Arlene Dumas out as AMC Grand Chief. And, um, 
He was removed from his position as Grand Chief last Friday due to accusations of sexual harassment and sexual assault. So I'm just going to get into it. an indigenous leader in Manitoba. Uh, this is from this is from CT, CTV News Winnipeg. An indigenous leader in Manitoba was removed from his job Friday after being accused of sexual harassment. The Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs voted to drop Arlene Dumas as Grand Chief during a closed-door meeting in Winnipeg. Dumas had already been suspended without pay after a staff member lodged a misconduct complaint against him in May. So this is not his first time. Quote, there are policies that need to be put in place and women that need to be protected, Acting Grand Chief Cornell McLean said following the non-confidence vote among chiefs, which passed by a 30 to 13 margin. So it, it wasn't even unanimous, Manitoba. When you're a leader in the community, you can't misuse your power of trust in any way, shape, or form. Dumas had said uh, the accusations were unfounded and earlier this week issued a press relief, uh, sorry, a press release that said he was seeking treatment for trauma. He did not attend Friday's meeting and attempts to reach him by the Canadian press were unsuccessful. An automated response from his email account said he was out of the province. There were three requests into his legal counsel and he never responded at all. The harassment complaint was probed by an independent investigation that found Dumas had engaged in workplace sexual harassment. It was not the first time Dumas had faced a complaint. In 2019, he stepped away from the job temporarily after an indigenous woman said he tried to pursue a relationship with her by using a false identity on social media. Uh, McLean apologized to both women Friday on behalf of the assembly. His comments were greeted with applause by a group of indigenous women who were gathered outside the closed door meeting. This is, quote, this is a big step for us as it goes with the chiefs. They're willing to back us up now, said Lillian Cook from Sagking First Nation Northeast of Winnipeg. Uh, I'm going to say real fast, not all of them are willing to back, back them up. This was not even a unanimous vote which is kind of really shocking. Listen to this quote. This is very important. There is so much abuse, harassment, the women are afraid to talk. That's what Lillian Cook is saying. Dumas was first elected Grand Chief in 2017 and was re-elected last year. The Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs represents 62 First Nations in the province, and it was reported by Canadian Press on August 5th. So Manitoba, like, I want to make this real clear. Like, I'm glad that he's being removed. I think all people, obviously, who commit crimes, especially sexually motivated crimes, uh, should be removed. Um, it hasn't been proven in court yet, but it, I don't even know if it's going to go to court. But it, but like a, the article said, an independent probe did find him guilty. So I, I think he should definitely be. Um, let go and I'm glad this is being covered that's not my issue my issue with it is how soft they are covering this it, it's like it's mind-blowing how the media is treating him um, and it's so obvious it's because he's not the skin color of the devil and you know what skin color that is it kind of looks like me but look at look at this article Manitoba like there is so much abuse, harassment, the women are afraid to talk. There's always talk in Canada about the missing and murdered Indigenous women. My heart goes out to them. Um, there's always talk about, like, you know, violence and abuse uh, that First Nations women face daily. Like, that's always talked about. Um I, I honestly, like, I used to work for the Northern Company up north, so I saw some of it firsthand. 
Um, it was eye-opening. Uh, I know these issues are definitely not talked about in the mainstream media. The only time that these issues are brought up is when it's a police officer or someone who is white who committed the act. But this is is Manitoba. This is literally a person of power. He's the chief. And he was committing acts of sexual violence or, or sexual crimes of sexual sexual nature. Could you like and, and look at the uh, like I'm going to pull up another article. And let me know if this sounds like um, CTV is talking about an alleged, I'll put that in quotes because I don't want to get sued, serial sexual harasser. And I will say that because, like I said, this is not his first time. So this is like, this has been an ongoing problem. And this is how CTV treats him with just kitten paws. Here, let me pull up this next article. Arlene Dumas seeking treatment for trauma. Days before he faces a non-confidence vote regarding his role as Grand Chief of the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs, Arlen Dumas announced he will be seeking treatment for trauma. Can you like imagine being the victim and reading a CTV article and like the the title and the, like the entire first paragraph is making him seem like he's the victim? And like I said, he is a serial sexual harasser. This is not the first time. So like I'll just read it like this blows me this is why I was shaking my head reading the news this news cycle it's because when you pay attention to the news week in and week out it's not necessarily like I said how they cover it it's 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 like the story they're trying to tell like I've said it last show if you tell a lie enough times it becomes true in the states it's kind of like the Michael Brown thing hands up don't shoot they just kept saying it over and over now, and the majority of people believed that he had his hands up when he was shot by police. In Canada, Justin Trudeau is trying that. He, every time he went on TV, anything to do with the Freedom Rally, he would say Nazis, and there were hate crimes, and Nazi flags. He would say that every time, and uh, our media would just, would just keep puppeting that, puppeting that story every single time. So, like I said, and then... We have, like, First Nations women saying that there's a huge issue. And this is always being talked about Manitoba. And then when we do have someone being caught committing the crimes, someone who is in a position of power being caught committing these crimes, like I said, kitten paws. The CTV News, days before he, like, okay, I read that first paragraph. So, like, the whole first paragraph, he's the victim. Uh, Dumas, who was suspended this summer following a workplace misconduct investigation, said Wednesday he is voluntarily enrolling in treatment to begin to begin healing not only from the events of the past five months, but also a lifetime of trauma. Quote, leadership is about role modeling and having the strength to undertake a journey of self-discovery, Dumas said in a statement. These past months have been extremely difficult, but they have helped me begin to recognize and acknowledge the impacts of many traumas I've suffered dating back to my early childhood, end quote. 
doesn't sound like he has any remorse. It sounds like he's still blaming people. Um, he's still coming off as the victim. A Dumas suspension came following uh, the AMC's executive council uh, determined that Dumas' action amounted to workplace sexual harassment. He has been suspended from his role without pay and faces a vote of non-confidence on Friday. I read that article first, and he obviously is out. Dumas has called the claims unfounded. Cornell McLean is currently serving as acting chief of the AMC during the suspension. Eric Redhead was named acting chief when the investigation started, but resigned to run as the NDP candidate in the Thompson by-election, winning the vacant seat. The AMC said later Wednesday that Dumas' statement was uh, was made with no association to the organization. Like, they, they already knew he was out. But, like I said, surprisingly Manitoba, it wasn't even the unanimous decision. So... They uh, they added that they will provide information on the vote of non-confidence on Friday if the vote passes a by-election. And like I said, um, the vote did pass, so he is out. So, like, before they were removed, uh, before he was removed, CTV comes out with an article basically making him come across as the victim. And then he does get kicked out, and that was the first article I read. Like, softballs, nothing. Like, they remove him, like, he's gone, so now it's like they, they, you know, dust their hands off and the problem's over and done with. Like, I I just want to stress, like I said, I'm not mad he's removed. He should be removed. I'm not mad he's covered. This should be covered and talked about. I just, like, I want you to think for a second, if you could imagine this was a white politician or a white CEO of a major company here in the province, There would be endless articles, article after article about how our system is built on white supremacy and how uh, we live in a patriarchal society and all men are violent sexual offenders just waiting to explode. We all know though that would be the storyline, CBC, CTV, Global, it would be nonstop, white man devil, they're evil, uh, they got to be brought down. But because uh, Mr. Dumas is not white, he's um, they, they literally write up article, two articles and they portray him as the victim. And like I said, Manitoba, I want to stress, picture being the victim reading this bullshit. It's insane. If, there were, if this was a white person, the companies would be changing their Facebook logos. You know what I mean? Like Manitoba would create holidays over this. But because it's someone like it's not like I said, it's a minority. It's it, the, our mainstream media does not. They'll cover it, but they don't portray it the same. And then just think back, like till February, when uh, Trudeau was calling the truckers domestic terrorists. You know what I mean? Like that is what I'm trying to get a point. Uh, the the my point across is how they're trying to tell you a story, like. They're trying to evoke evoke emotion. They're not just they're not just telling you the facts of what took place. They're not they they're they're so biased. It's so fucking obvious. Um. And unfortunately, Manitoba, like this, the biasy. It's so frustrating. Like I said, if you pay attention week in week out, um, the the biasy is nonstop from our media. Uh, just like you know, just like this, uh, the rally to support the Dutch farmers that took place in Winnipeg like two weeks ago. Um, 
and then there was the grand uh the a grand opening for Camp Hope last weekend. Just this past weekend, there was a huge, I don't know what you want to call it, reunion slash gathering slash rally that was held at the Geographical Center of Canada, which is about 20 minutes or so east of Winnipeg. I'm not sure. I'm horrible at directions. I think it's southeast of Winnipeg. Um, No media coverage. None. None that I could see anyways. I don't know, fill me in Manitoba, but I didn't see any. Once again, there's a convoy of semis. Uh, some of the truckers that were in Ottawa were there, obviously as well as Manitobans. Um, but just tons of people all over the province showed up. Pig roast, bouncy castles for the kids, fireworks, no mainstream media, none. And again, fine. You know, what are you going to say? They, they can't cover everything. But this is what they do cover. Lantern Ceremony in Winnipeg calls attention to threat of nuclear weapons. I'm just going to skim through it really fast just to give you a gist of what the article is about. Ceremony marks 77th anniversary of Hiroshima bombing. Winnipeggers lit lanterns and set them afloat on the fountain outside of Manitoba Legislature legislator on Saturday evening to call attention to the threat of nuclear war. The lantern ceremony marks the 77th anniversary of the United States dropping an atomic bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima on August 6, 1945. This year, uh, organizers of the event in Winnipeg hope to put pressure on the Canadian government to sign the 2017 United Nations Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Uh, many countries belonging to the North Atlantic Treaty Alliance, NATO, have nuclear weapons, and most members, including Canada, have not signed the UN Treaty. Last year, Winnipeg City Council voted to declare its support of, for the treaty, one of Canadi- uh, 14 Canadian cities to do. I mean, of course, Bowman would jump on board with anything that sounds good. On Saturday, a few dozen people gathered around the fountain in Memorial Park to write messages of peace uh, on the lanterns, make origami, and hear from speakers about the importance of pushing for nuclear disarmament. So I just wanted to read up to that part, Manitoba, because that is the part I wanted to get to. I, I, I want to stress, I'm okay. Like, I'm all for these people doing that, exercising the right to protest. I'm all for CBC covering it. But why wouldn't they cover the convoy? There was a few dozen people at this event. Meanwhile, at the center of Canada, I would say there was, what, over the course of the weekend, probably close to a 1,000 people. I was there Friday. I wasn't there Saturday. And Saturday was the day to be there. Just judging by videos and pictures on Facebook, it was huge. So if not a 1,000 people, I would say, like, I mean, five, 600 people, come on, Manitoba, leave comments down below, let me know. But there was a shit ton of people. No mainstream media coverage. They cover <laughs> people lighting lanterns, protesting nuclear prohibition when we don't even have nuclear weapons. It's a joke. But Manitoba, like they got, they got journalists to go all over the place. Winnipeg hosts this LGBTQ community overwhelmed by support at first Pride event. Festivals, uh, festivities include parade, dinner, and drag show. Winnipeg hosts a small rural town northeast of Winnipeg, had never hosted a Pride event until Saturday when the town gathered to celebrate its LGBT, 
LGBTQ community. I think there's supposed to be a two in there. I don't know. Um, acceptance and support in the town of 600 shows the event was needed, says Cindy, Cindy Blythe, the president of the planning committee. It's rural Manitoba. It's never been done before. That doesn't mean that there aren't people here who want and need this, Blythe said in an interview over Zoom. The day's activities started with hot dog carts, face painting, and tattoos, followed by a parade with floats later in the afternoon. The evening events included a dinner, 96 tickets sold when Blythe spoke with CBC Saturday morning, followed by a drag show. The nine-member community started planning this event last May, Blythe says, but they chose August to avoid clashes with similar events in larger areas because they wanted drag queens from Winnipeg to attend. Real fast, I, I'm not sure their obsession with, like, for the LGBTQ, their obsession with um drag queens. Like, why does that have to involve, I don't understand, like, I'm sure you guys heard about all that stuff going on in the States, like um, Drag Queen Story Hour, which is kind of insane, where Drag Queen will come in and read to, like, small children. I mean, it's just weird to me that they always got involved uh, Drag Queens. And they literally postponed this event just to um, be able to include Drag Queens. It's weird. But anyways, uh, the, the point of me bringing up this article is there was nine like a hundred less than a hundred tickets sold. I'm not against the parade. I'm not against CBC covering it. But like do you get the theme here? They they have all these journalists to go all over the province and cover all these tiny events. Whether you agree with them or not, that's not the point. They should be informing Manitobans what's taking place in the province. You know, covering news. Ninety six people, the other the lantern story, a few dozen people. You know, at like the center of Canada, like it's the center of Canada. It's not like this is a freedom movement or like it's very local, like it's very current. Um, and no coverage. And it's consistently like that. Um, Motorcycle Club holds Ride to Empower the Children. Again, super good event. But the point is, like, I'm just stressing. Th these are three events that happened over the weekend. And um, they, they were all being covered. Three rallies, three whatever you want to call it, um, protests, all being covered throughout our province and nothing on the center of Canada. There was nothing last week on the grand opening of Camp Hope. This, this, look at, the rumble of dozens of motorcycle engines filled the air in Headingley, Manitoba, Saturday morning. I'm just saying Manitoba. Like, there was just a rally for the Dutch farmers in Headingley. Like, it's so funny. They'll literally go to the same spot. There was a huge rally with zero coverage. And it was for Dutch farmers. It wasn't even for... Scary mean Canadian truckers. You know what I mean? It was for supporting farmers. Zero coverage. You know what's even more frustrating? No elected politicians are talking about it. None. I didn't see any of them. I didn't see any pictures or videos of any of the, any of the elected officials anywhere near these events. 
as if food security um, is like political. You know what I mean? Um, there were there definitely are some hopefuls that are worth mentioning. Like um, mayoral candidate Don Woodstock was at the grand opening of Camp Hope. I didn't. I was there. I didn't. See, I mean, there was a shit ton of people. I didn't see him there, but I seen his videos he posted of himself being there. Uh, Kevin Friesen, the interim leader of the Keystone Party in Manitoba, he talks about the food security issue all the time and the struggle that the farmers are going through and uh, the struggles they're facing due to government policy, okay, not due to COVID, due to government policy. Um, so there are hopefuls that are talking about it, but no one who actually is in charge will bring this stuff up. And our media... They don't call them on it. They don't call them out on it at all. Like I said, Manitoba, the point of this show is it's just so frustrating how blatantly biased our media is. And, I mean, that was never made more clear when, I mean, this was put on, like, front and center, you know, a year ago when they were demanding that everybody get fully vaxxed. And... I, like in Manitoba, I listened to the news conferences that were held every three days by Rusin and Pallister at the time. And these journalists, they were demanding that the government force Manitobans and Canadians in general to get vaccinated. They were crying for it daily. Like they were, I'm, I'm not joking, Manitoba, they were demanding that Rusin and Pallister forced Canadians, and if not, take away all the rights. Like, it was insane. And, um, you know what I mean? And on top, not only on top of were they demanding people to give up their bodily autonomy, when they covered the, the, the footage, it was just lies. Like I said, if you lie, say a lie enough times, it becomes the truth. I have hours of unedited raw footage of the convoy at the ledge. Zero Nazi flags. Um, there was not hate there. It was all, there was a lot of patriotism, I'll tell you that much. But Manitoba, the point is, like, they harp and harp about how we had to get vaccinated. And... This is what they cover. Like, I mean, just it was less than a month ago, July 24th. Small group takes Manitoba legislator to protest. Sorry, small group takes to Manitoba legislator to protest Roe versus Wade decision. You know what I mean? Like, it's never been so obvious that our media is so hypocritical. On one hand, they're saying, my body, my choice. And the very next second, they're demanding that you get an experimental jab. That you know what the worst part is? That has documented side effects. And they're just demanding that everybody gets it. They will not cover it. like like I said, Manitoba, the point of the, the theme of the, the show. So they demand you get vaccinated. They paint a picture of how all the um, Freedom convoy supporters were hateful racists. And then and then again, this is the story they want to portray. We're gonna cover my body is not government property. 
like I said, another small rally. There are huge movements taking place in Manitoba every week, almost every week. Huge rallies with damn near up to, a, like I said, up to near a thousand people. Camp Hope had a thousand people over the course of the grand opening, 500 on Saturday, 600 on Sunday or something like that. No coverage, but they keep consistently covering all these small rallies. It's mind-blowing. Um, like, you know, and the worst part, Manitoba is, uh, it, it's not even just like Manitoba is so fucked. It's not even just our media that's so biased and they'll only cover stories that fit their narrative and they will just completely ignore events taking a place uh, all across the province that don't fit the narrative. But what becomes scary, it's when our justice system follows suit. I mean, let me pull this article up. I mean, this was during the convoy at the ledge. You guys remember, one arrested, four injured after hit and run at Freedom Convoy rally outside Manitoba Legislative Friday. So this is the the story about the dude who plowed into the people on the side of the road, like the Freedom supporters. I was there every day, Manitoba, but I didn't. I, I must have went home. It happened at 9.50 p.m. Friday night, so I must have went home already. But this guy who plowed into four people, I think spent one or two days in jail only. Um, That's it. Can you imagine? One or He fucking plowed into four people, Manitoba, and he was let out of jail the next day. Just so you guys know, I do know of a protest that is being organized that's going to be held at the law courts. I, I'll get back to you on the date, but it's actually in regards to like his trial, and they would just want to um, have a protest and like let let our justice system know that we want justice, actual justice, and we're not happy. So I mean, there should be a huge rally outside the law courts in Manitoba. We consistently see our like. Our, like, our justice system go to trash. You, you guys remember a couple of years ago, like the five churches, they lost. Um, what they're calling the Manitoba Five is currently taking the government to court or the government's taking them to court, one of the two, over rights. They're going to lose, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but you could plow into a bunch of people on the side of the road if you have the right narrative. And then... and picture what Tamara Lynch must be thinking whether you agree with her or not she went through hell for organizing a protest which is fucking perfectly legal in Canada in and out of jail she spent for what fucking crime she spent actual time in prison denied bail but if you plow into a crowd here in Canada, you'll get let out after day one. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and Manitoba, I want to stress: it's not a matter of if you believe that, if you agree with her thoughts, or you agree with the convoy or anything. It's just the fact that they could jail you for this. And let's be clear, Manitoba: it's not for her organizing a protest. I just covered like five fucking protests it's for going against the government narrative uh do you remember freezing bank accounts that's our justice system 
They were calling Canadians domestic terrorists. And if you donated to the trucker convoy, you were su supporting domestic terrorism. We've arrested pastors and preachers. Um, I don't know much about packing, but I know he spent a shit ton, a shit ton of time in jail for what? But like, think of all the stabbings that happen in Winnipeg daily. I just covered a story. Um, Chief Danny Smythe said, what was it? 1,199 stabbings in Winnipeg last year. 1,200 stabbings. And these people are being let out. They're spending like a day, two days in jail, being let out on bail. This is our justice system in Manitoba. Mother convicted of killing Phoenix and Claire granted escorted outings from prison. Why? We're, we're, we're freezing bank accounts. We're putting peop mothers who love their kids in jail for wanting freedom. And we're giving this person like outings, escorted outings. I don't have any sympathy for her. Manitoba, this one's, I don't know if you guys remember this, but this one's intense. A Manitoba woman who's, uh, who abused and killed her daughter in one of the province's most notorious crimes has been granted escorted temporary absence from prison. Why? Why, Manitoba? Visits with family members and separately an ind indigenous elder for spiritual development. Both those groups, the family and the uh, leaders, can go visit her in prison. And most inmates have to go through that process. You don't just get to leave because it helps your healing. Quote, the board believes that more exposure to your culture will aid you in your healing journey as well as managing your risk factors more effectively, uh, reads a board report from July 21st. The board concludes that the press, uh, sorry, that the release plans for both the professional development and family contact Escorted temporary absences will further your reintegration into society. I say lock her up and throw away the fucking key. And you might, you'll probably agree with me after I read what she did. So they, they're talking about Kimach. What was their first name? I'm not sure, but last name Kimach. Kimach and her then boyfriend Carl McKay were convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison with no parole eligibility for 25 years for killing Kamach's daughter, Phoenix Sinclair, in 2005. The trial heard that Phoenix... Ah, uh, this is tough, Manitoba. The trial heard that Phoenix, who was five at the time of her death, was subjected to repeated abuse that included being shot with a BB gun and being forced to eat her own vomit. I mean... <laughs> Phoenix was often confined to the unfinished concrete basement of the family's home of the Fisher, uh, Fisher River Reserve north of Winnipeg. There were other children in the home who saw the abuse that Phoenix was singled out for. After a final deadly assault, McKay and Kimach wrapped the girl's body in plastic and buried her, buried her. The couple continued to collect welfare payments with Phoenix listed as a dependent. A ruse that was discovered several months later when Kamach tried to pass off another girl as Phoenix. The Can you believe I, I mean the parole board knows those facts. 
The parole board decision offers insight into Camacho's behavior since her conviction in 28. Uh, now 40, Camacho has married another inmate, has taken part in counseling, and has accepted responsibility for her crime, the document states. Quote, it took a while for you to develop trust, as you have trust issues as a result of your history. But you eventually came around and you were able to talk about your crime and accept responsibility for it. Camacho has taken part in sweat lodge ceremonies and mental health treatment and has been employed full-time in the prison. Camacho previously had 20 escorted absences from prison for medical purposes and they occurred without incident. This blows me away. She's been out 20 fucking times and she tortured her own baby. Shot her with a BB gun, made her baby eat her own puke, locked her up in a fucking unfinished cold concrete basement. That's where these people should be. It's fucking mind-blowing. That a pro board would even think about letting her out. Like, this is what it, that's the point. Like, sympathy. Sympathy for Arlen Dumas. Sympathy for her. What about the victim? Where the fuck is the sympathy for the victim? There's only sympathy for the victim, according to our mainstream media and our justice system, when the perpetrator is white and... Usually the victim is a minority. Like it almost checks off all the boxes with Arlen, Arlen Dumas. Like he's a fucking chief. He's a person of power that sexually abused women. More, plural, more than one, allegedly. And CTV comes out with an article making him look like the victim. And I mean, this fucking monster is let out on bail or, uh, escorted outings from prison mind-blowing would and that's what i mean so juxtapose that manitoba to having tamara lynch in prison with no bail you know what i mean um for i mean what law did she break and if she did break a law it's going to be some bullshit law that doesn't warrant prison time with no bail She's a fucking mother, Manitoba. You know what I mean? But uh, like like I said earlier, th- we all know the real reason is um, she went against the prime minister and our prime minister will weaponize the mainstream media and our justice system. It's becoming very, very clear. Uh, so I just hope more Manitobans are waking up. But either way, Manitoba, that is, I think, going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. I will be back on Thursday with another show. So I guys, I hope you guys, uh, hope to see you guys there. Love you guys. Bye.